No, well, it's just it was a picture of Pete Rose when he was like tubbier, mm. you know, and had the 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 bowl cut haircut he had, and it was a picture of Jack Black's. I don't know if there ever wasn't a tubby picture of ju- Jack Black, but I just don't see the, a role of a baseball player being a role that Jack Black would play. Would it be any worse than Tim Robbins in Bull Durham, or would it be any worse than any of the other? actors we've seen play a baseball player i mean i'm not saying i'm not even saying it would be terrible i'm just saying that doesn't seem like the role that he would play typically no (laughs) but he he, yeah well look i mean the way he kind of his acting style you know he does the whole floppity floppity three stooges slapstick (laughs) fell down again maybe he's kind of athletic you never know don't be hating you know it's been a while I mean, I think unless there's some that have flew under the radar for me, but isn't there? It's been quite a while since he's done a a main role in a movie, right? Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear. Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating on whatever streaming platform you stream your podcasts on. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the show. In this episode, Patrick and I chat about Patrick's recent diaper party, Jack Black's catalog of movies, whether the MLB should come back this year or not, and the Oklahoma State running back who is trending on the social medias and why. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, don't hesitate to reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you'd like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of Raised on the Radio. I am one of your co-hosts, Colt Brocado. Mr. Patrick Blair and Skypland, two days post diaper party. So the question is, are you sober at this point or no? I am now. You are now? Yesterday was rough. Was it really that bad? Um, I didn't feel great. I didn't feel great. (laughs) No. But I mean, I did quite a bit of drinking on Saturday because of that party. So it was the perfect day for that. Yeah, it really was. It was beautiful. Absolutely perfect day. Yeah, it was. It was a good day. So, um, and it's one of those days that may, that the beer goes down way too easy. That was part of my problem. <laughs> yes, and I didn't, and I didn't exactly get a late start. I had a quite a head start. Started fairly early, but I figured what so. You, what can you do? You weren't. Should we explain what a diaper party is? Because I didn't know what it was until. So you didn't. I was you told didn't? that I should have one. I've actually. I told several people that I was going to a diaper party, and they just looked at me like, "What? What is that?" And, yeah. And I'm like, "It's like the dudes' version of a baby shower, but it's just where a bunch of dudes get together and hang out." I guess you could just say. Just do men stuff. The, just, just be men. Yeah, we, we throw bags and we play wiffle ball. <laughs> we did both of those things. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, the way I think it's supposed to be that it's on the same day as the baby shower. Oh, is that how it normally goes? Maybe uh, the way that it was explained to me, and then when 
I was told, hey, you should have a diaper party and get diapers. And I go, well, I don't like asking for things. Well, no, get your friends fucked up, give them food, and they bring diapers. I was like, okay, let's see how this works out. And I didn't expect, you know, it was funny. People were like, should I bring diapers? And I'm like, just bring yourself. If you want to bring diapers, we're not going to say no to them because we obviously do need them. So uh, made out pretty good on the diapers. So I guess the, <laughs> the purpose of the party <laughs> came through on that but i mean yeah it was it was a good fun day it was weather was beautiful um an eclectic group of young men got together on a saturday and grilled and played sports did men's stuff you we know I, I i thought it was funny that i walked up and the first thing you said to me i was holding two bags of stuff and you were like put that weird stuff over there with all the other weird stuff <laughs> talking yeah. about the diapers <laughs> yeah. you're yeah, gonna be dealing I, I, with those I'm, a lot here before long Nah, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming real soon. Maybe. Didn't you say like he's nowhere near? No. She went again today. He's nowhere close. <laughs> nowhere close. Does that make you feel good or bad? Like you're just ready for him to be here or are you like, I'm um, still nervous about this. Let's hold off a little bit. No, I'm I'm ready. Even if I am nervous, I'm ready. I'm just ready to get it get it going. Good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to be off work for four months, but that's so nuts. It's not going to be a vacation by any means, especially at the start. But I think because I'm still working and the anticipation of having the baby while still working is making me, I mean, it's making me anxious. Like my anxiety level is pretty high right now because of it. Right. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, 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 to be honest, I've been like that for the last two months. Maybe maybe even at the start of this like lockdown, whatever pandemic, I think I started to get really anxious, like, God, because well, I had to ask all the necessary questions. Am I going to be able to be there? What's it going to be like at the hospital? How are we going right. to, what, what is the, do we have to change our birth plan? Which at the time we didn't necessarily have one. It was basically go give birth and keep the, the fucker on the grid, essentially. <laughs> um, keep him alive because he's on the grid now. <laughs> but yeah, so my my anxiety level sort of raised when that happened, and then we kind of it, it dropped a little bit because you know in New York dads weren't being able to go to the hospital right when they're so we saw that we're like uh oh, and then we had some friends tell us yeah yeah we had to experience that and I was like oh you got to be kidding me and then if she gives birth and tests positive for COVID they take them away you know for however long right because she tested positive for COVID so that all of these things have sort of been. I wouldn't say I've been stressing, but I've been anxious. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely ready. And like, I felt I've, you know, I'm glad we got to do what we did on Saturday because of COVID. You know, I haven't seen a lot of the the guys that were, it was a good turnout too. I think there were like, there was over 20 people. Right. Um, you know, I haven't seen a lot of the, many of the, the guys that showed up in months, definitely COVID related, but even then a few months before that. So it was good to get to see everyone. I, well, I'll say this, get to see everyone and then get drunk with everyone who ever got <laughs> drunk with me. Um, yeah. So, you know, I felt, I feel bad for my wife, you know, because we, she hasn't really, we haven't really necessarily been able to experience having a baby fully because of COVID, you know, there have been restrictions on what we've been able to experience and do. And, you know, family's not going to be able to show up to the hospital still, all that, all that stuff. So, you know, 
I feel bad because her shower was on a very hot day and like mine was perfect. <laughs> um, and like people like, you know, obviously we had older, older women invited to her. So they didn't even get out of their cars. They just drove up and she said hi. And that's also weird to me still that we're, you know, it would just, um, everyone's just still sort of freaked out and I get it. But, uh, you know, my, my neighbor actually uh, a couple of months ago had, a just a virtual baby shower so they had everybody send them all the gifts ahead of time and then they did literally did everything through zoom yeah so they had they they had talked about that and i think both of my sisters were like no we're you know what at the end of the day if people do not want to come because they still did social distancing and all that I, i guess as much as they as much as they wanted to they were like, no, we're going to do this like normal. And if people don't show up because of it, we're not going to have, you know, no one's going to be offended if you don't want to show up. Right. Um, so now they, they wanted to do it the real way or as much of the the real way as they could. So, so you're, you're off for four months. How long is your wife off? Like the normal three months. Three months. So for that, mm-hmm. for, so after three months, are you going to be baby daddy, da- daycare, ba- bro. daddy daycare for a month? Think, yep. You think you're going to be ready or are you going to be nervous? We'll see, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm flying by the seat of my pants, you know. I, I've been reading up on stuff and, you know, all of this is new to me. Uh, but, you know, it won't be – I won't be fully alone with him because my wife works weekends. Uh, she'll be working one weekday a week. So it will be that day where it's really gotcha. me and – me and that little dude um i don't know man i've watched youtube videos on how to swaddle and change a diaper 100 times now i'm still gonna screw it up the first however many times i do it so absolutely so whatever it's gonna happen yeah yeah. and everybody's like you're gonna get shit on i'm like planned on it (laughs) what are you gonna do what are you gonna do um yeah the the thing the thing is is that you you have to know you're gonna screw up your you just don't want to screw up too bad. That's like your major goal for at least for, I think probably like the first year, the main goal is like, you're going to mess things up because you don't know what you're doing, but don't mess yeah. things up too bad. Yeah. I, I'm the biggest thing that I'm trying to psychologically, um, prepare for is being patient. I am by nature, not the most patient person unless I've been given assistance by substances then I become a little more patient, uh, <laughs> which I can't do. So I'm really going to work on that. And I've been, got like, again, just trying to psychologically put myself in a position where just be patient. Because like you just said, I'm going to screw shit up. Things are going to be frustrating. You know, all the good stuff that – this is the other thing too. I find it odd – when someone tries to give me parenting advice, but it's all negative. And by that, I mean like, Oh, just wait for whatever, when they hit their terrible twos or when they do this, when they do that, I'm like, yeah, man, I know why, but what? Like they just make it sound so horrible. And I'm like, you know, we planned on doing this, right? Like, (laughs) like we know we get it. Do you have anything nice to say about it, or was it just all just a horror <laughs> show for you? Like, you must be the most miserable person on earth. It's very odd to me. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a negativity thing. 
who knows? Maybe I'll be like that. I hope to God I'm not because, you know, if someone asks me, I'm just going to go put a big smile on my face. Like, it's awesome. Everything's going great. He's he's a bundle of joy. But I don't know. I find that to be odd that people do that. Like do you, it's, have you heard it's, someone it's a, do that or even when someone talks about marriage. Like they, like, I mean, yeah, they, it's, they, it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you, they're like, just wait on this or, you know, or I don't know. I've, I've always had a weird look at things like that. Like, especially when it comes to marriage, because yeah. if you're, if you're a guy or you're a, a girl and you're talking about your significant other and you, all you're doing is complaining, it's like you chose them, right. like you chose to be with them. And if you hate it that much, then don't be with them. Like, you would be, think like, it would be like, that easy. Well, I, I, I know that I know that it's not, but it's like that looks to me. If I feel like if I'm complaining about my wife, I, it, that looks bad on me because I'm the one that chose to be with her. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. It's not just Same. it's not just complaining about her. It's like I feel like people are looking at me like, well, then don't don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's yeah. not, yeah, I don't know. I, I've always looked at it that way, but it's like, yeah, it's the same way with kids too. Tom Segura, Tom Segura told, I'm going to screw up the joke, but, and I know exactly what he's talking about. Like you have the guy that like, he does the whole, like, you know, my wife's such a burden on my existence. And then Tom Segura's response to that was like, wow, it sounds like you married a real asshole. Like, what? <laughs> like, but no, I, like I, you know, guys, we all know guys that are like that, where it's just like, oh, the old ball and chain again. What's she complaining about now? And right. I'm like, oh, what, what weird situation did you <laughs> sign yourself up for? I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't. But you know, maybe I don't know. I guess not everyone married a goofball like I did. So it's like, you know, I don't have any. I have negative things to say about everything, you know, that's life. You know, you go through the motions with everything that you do, but there's just, you know, the guy, the, that guy that's overly sort of, uh, just way too aggressive and overly, um, <laughs> um, I guess exaggerated when it comes to the troubles of his marriage, you know, just, oh, the wife told me I couldn't do this. So let me, uh, just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why don't you ask? Instead of saying, I'm, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's like the the 1950s sitcom. You know? Yeah. Oh, that is, that's, what it was made, that's what it made me think of, though. So, like, got, when guys complain like that, I always want to go, you must like the show Mad Men, then. Have you ever watched that show? Yeah. Okay. So, I, I can't stand it. My wife loves it. And during... And I think I've even brought this up on the podcast, but maybe not. But during the pandemic, when I'll be here working, I'll go upstairs to go to the bathroom or she'll have Mad Men on. And I'll stop for two minutes and just kind of pay attention to what's happening in the show. I swear to God, every person on that show is an annoying sack of shit. <laughs> every single one. The women, the men, but especially the men, just for the way that they treat women. And it's all just misogynistic behavior and just like, well, but I mean, wife is like a piece of, I know it's a show and I know it's exaggerated, but well, but not, but not like, real. I mean, I think they're really, those were the times. Yeah. That, that's what I, I'm saying. Like they're encompassing what it was like then, especially when it comes to, you know, men being more that one, what women are and things like that. You know, it's a, it's just what they're, they're really trying to come across showing that. <laughs> 
yeah, my wife's a piece of property, not yeah. a woman right. that gave birth to my fat headed children that I ignore. Right. You know, it's just, it's, it, uh, the show just bothers me on so many levels. Don Draper might be the most hateable character in the history of television. I, I can't think of, I don't know. What about Wendy man. bird? Ooh. <laughs> I forgot about it. Yeah. And I even said, I, I think I might even have said that about her. God, it's there. It's, it's close. It's close. I dislike both of them on lo- so many. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Two, two completely hateable television characters, man. Speaking of hateable, you know who's catching a lot of hate right now? Rob Manfred. Because he basically came out and said that he doesn't necessarily think that a baseball season is going to happen. So, of course, everyone's going ape shit over it. Right. But like a week ago, he was like, yeah, yeah, it'll happen. It'll, you know, I'm fairly confident it'll happen. But now he's like, don't really see a way that we're going to make it work. So, you know, baseball fans and baseball media is, you know, talking about he's the worst commissioner in sports like they're even saying gary bettman's you know a step up above him now and well there there was a proposal there was a proposal made right that they declined so yeah it's um that that well look man if you become the most hated commissioner in sports you're failing at epic epic proportions right right like for you to make Bud Selig look good, you're doing something wrong. And he and like Bud Selig is trending on Twitter right now because Rob Manfred's making him look good because people just think Rob Manfred's a big piece of shit. So you're making Pete Rose look like a white knight right now. <laughs> Pete Rose is trending right now. I thought it was funny. I saw a side-by-side picture. It says, if Pete Rose makes the Hall of Fame, are we going to make a movie about him? And is Jack Black going to play him? And it was like a side-by-side picture of Pete Rose in the 80s, maybe even the 90s, and Jack Black. And I was like, ooh, that kind of – Jack Black would never play him. But um, Does it really it look that fun. close? No. Well, it's just – it was a picture of Pete Rose when he was like tubbier, mm. you know, and had the 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 bowl cut haircut he had. And it was a picture of Jack Black's – I don't know if there ever wasn't a tubby picture of I just, Jack Black, but – I just don't see a role of a baseball player being a role that Jack Black would play. Would it be any worse than Tim Robbins in Bull Durham? Or would it be any worse than any of the other actors we've seen play a baseball player? I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not even saying it would be terrible. I'm just saying that doesn't seem like the role that he would play. Typically, no. (laughs) But he, he, well, look, I mean, the way he kind of, his acting style, you know, he does the whole floppity, floppity, three stooges, slapstick, <laughs> fell down again. Maybe he's kind of athletic. You never know. Don't it's be hating. Been, you know, it's been a while. I mean, I think, unless there's some that have flew under the radar for me, but isn't there, it's been quite a while since he's done a, a main role in a movie, right? I couldn't tell you the last one. Jumanji, that was a big movie too. But so. it wasn't a main role. I mean, he was... The co-star with The Rock. I mean, that's pretty and well. And Kevin Hart. Oh yeah. So I mean, like he was like oh, one of the. He was probably one of the top three. But what else? Like, didn't you do that Goosebumps movie? I guess he was maybe considered so. a. I mean, I didn't. I didn't see it, but I think he was maybe considered. But like, I'm, I'm thinking back even to like, has he done anything? Well, I don't know. 
Like, what well, can you remember the last the last movie that you've seen that he was the lead role in? The lead role. Yeah. Shallow Hell. That's what I was and thinking, upset. and I didn't want to upset s- that I've even seen that terrible movie. I know that's what I was thinking though, and I, I was like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to say it because I thought you'd look at me like I'm an, a retard. But well, Shallow Hell, and if School of Rock was after Shallow Hell, then School of Rock. Which oh I yeah, love. that's right. Yeah, I, I love School of Rock. By the way, yeah, School of Rock had to be after Shallow Hell. You think so? I think. When was the Pick of Destiny? That was before both of them. I want to say. Let's look it up. Um, <laughs> I got. I gotta say that I'm trying to think of anything, anything else, man. He was in um, that Godzilla movie. That was after all of that. I didn't see it, but I know he was in I it. Say, I didn't see that either. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the last Godzilla movie I saw was the one that came out in the 2000s with like. Diddy had the song in it. He did a cat. He did the cashmere sample and he had that song. It was huge. Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. You gave me a face. How dare you? Don't do that. Don't do that. Who was, Um, who was the lead in that Godzilla movie? Matthew Broderick. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Jumanji 2019. Tenacious D. That was a TV miniseries. Goosebumps 2. There were two Goosebumps movies. Yes, I think I seen uh, I seen like half of one of them. I think. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. In twenty eighteen, don't know what that is. Jumanji. Uh, is he welcome doing to like the jungle. Indie movies 17. now? Huh? So he's doing like indie movies now. That's what that sounded like. So. It would be. The Polka King. I know what that is, but I didn't see it. Well, let's not forget that he does that voice in Kung Fu Panda, and there have been three of those. <laughs> so his bank account's like, what are you two bitches even talking about? I'm doing just fine. Wouldn't the 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 Polka King would have had to have been played by John Candy if, uh, if Jack if he Black didn't was? Die. Yeah. Well, no, if, if, if Jack Black didn't do it and John Candy was still around, he would have had to have done it, right? Just because of his part in Home Alone? Polka, 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 polka. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, man. Bernie. What was the movie? Oh, that wasn't even him. That was Zach Galifianakis. Never mind. Um, <laughs> see, yeah. Gulliver's Travels. Oh, I think I kind of remember I that. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't even seen it. Man, you got to go way back to get to like... So, Tropic Thunder was in 2008. That was right after Kung Fu Panda, which was also in 2008. I remember this movie, but I didn't see it, which is called Be Kind, Rewind. Oh, yeah. When they worked at the movie store. Uh, Sure. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of Tenacious D stuff that I'm not. So Pick of Destiny was 2006. Same year as Nacho Libre. Oh, Jesus. Forgot about that one, didn't you? Uh-huh, sure did. King Kong was in 2005. That was the movie I was thinking of, I believe. School of Rock came out in 2003, which is crazy to think about. That's so not, that movie's that old. That's nuts. 
And then, you know, before that, you know what? I <laughs> I watched this movie yesterday um, and he was in it long before he was Jack Black. He was in The Cable Guy. Another Matthew Broderick movie. Huh. He plays his best friend. And I totally forgot that he was even in it. Um, oh, here's a good one. He was in Orange County as the stoner brother. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Shallow Hal came out in 2001. You know what disturbs me the most is that we're still talking about the 2000s and it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. It doesn't. Anytime right. somebody says 2000s, anything, even if it's like 01, I'm like, that's, it wasn't that long ago. And they're like, dude, that was 19 years ago. Yeah. Oh, here's a good, he was in High Fidelity. I forgot about that movie. That's a good movie. Enemy of the State. Good movie. Do you like him in serious roles? Um, has he played one? It feels like he has. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. You know what? He's in a movie from my childhood. One of my favorite movies when I was a kid. A little movie called Airborne. You seen it? I don't think so. He's in it. Seth Green is in it. And then a bunch of people. I don't know their names. It's about rollerblading. Nice. 1993, so you can only imagine. <laughs> go go check it out. I'm sure it was great. You know what's funny? So he was in, uh, I remember him. And I years later, I discovered it. I saw him. He was in Demolition Man. He was like one of the tough guys in the underground uh, town that, you know, when Sylvester Stallone goes underground. Mm -hmm. Who was the, is it Dennis Leary, the guy? Is that, is that who it was? I don't know, dude. That was a long time ago. 1993. I, Hold on. For some reason, I get joy out of watching older movies and then seeing like big names before they were big names. Like you didn't, you didn't even realize they were in those movies way back then. Yeah. Yeah. It was Dennis Leary. I'm looking at it here. That, I love that movie. Demolition Man. Taco Bell. So yeah, I, you know, thought it was funny just thinking about Jack Black starring in a movie about Pete Rose. I'd watch it. Like I said, it couldn't be any worse than some of the guys, some of the actors we've seen in baseball movies. Now, it's true. I love this man. He's one of my favorite stand-ups of all time. But I think everyone forgets that Bernie Mac played a baseball player. And it was one of the least convincing. <laughs> one of the least convincing um, performances by an actor playing an athlete. I love Bernie Mac. Rest in peace. But, man, what was that movie called? Mr. 3000, I yep. think. Yeah. You said he's so, yeah. you said he's one of your favorite stand-up comedians? For sure. Wow. Top five for sure. That's just not a name that you hear thrown around a lot. It should be. One of, I think he's underrated. He's he's one of the funniest stand-ups I've ever seen. Um yeah. He should be in every well, again, he should be in everyone's top five, in my opinion. Um, he's really good. Have you watched anything new, like any new stand-up specials? Well, I watched the Chappelle thing on YouTube. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. What, um, can you explain what that is without giving anything away? Is it just, is it stand up or what is it? Uh, well, he says some funny things, but it's more, it's social commentary. 
um, on what's going on right now more than anything else. Oh, okay. And he gets, but it's, it's compelling. Um, it's extremely compelling because he gets emotional and he gets, he gets real about it. He doesn't, uh, every, you should go out. I mean, you should watch it tonight, to be honest with you. It's, it's really good. If you don't get, if there's not a moment of that where you kind of get pulled in and get interested, then, you know, I, it'd be hard for me to, it'd be hard for me to imagine that anyone, well, someone on the, well, I can imagine who would watch it and not like it, but I'm saying someone like yourself, you know, I, I can't find any way that you wouldn't be forget about entertained, just interested and compelled by what he's saying. Right. So you should go watch it. Yeah. I won't give anything away. I would just call it social commentary on the George, George Floyd situation and the protests and anything like that. I'm not going to say anything that he said because it it's not very long. It's not like an hour long stand-up special. It's like eight so, 42 or something. Is that what it's called? Something like that. It's called eight 46, eight 46. Yeah. However you would say it. It's really good, man. That dude, but that dude, I mean, this is what this dude's been doing. You know, he's been saying, and he even, I will say the one thing that he does say in it that, you know, I'm not giving any away, but he said, I've been saying this shit for a long time. Right. Uh, and I don't want to say what, why he said that, but yeah, I mean, he has, I mean, this is part of the reason why he's been one of my favorite. He's in my top five for sure. Uh, probably the goat to me, but you know, aside from being incredibly funny, and being able to tell really good stories and make them funny and keep you interested. He's been a social commentator for a long time. Right. You know, and I think he comes from a, a really unique angle in that he would early on in his stand-up talk about his experiences with his white friends, which not a lot of black comics were doing, but he was being extremely real about it. Not only that, having, you know, uh mixed kids with his wife being Asian. Right. You know, he, he comes from a very unique perspective on this stuff. And I, I like, I like hearing what he has to say on things. I always, um, when something's going on, uh, I wait for Dave Chappelle to talk about it in his, in his stand-up specials. So yeah, I, it's definitely something that everyone needs to go check out. Besides that, does anything new come out? Not, I mean, not really, I guess not since like Burt Kreischer, you know, put out his. Is, I watched Kreischer's. I watched, I got through about 20 minutes of Pete Davidson's and I had had enough. I turned it off. I, I watched, um, or I didn't watch. I listened to, I think I told you that I listened to Burt Kreischer's podcast with Bill Burr and they had Bob Saget on. Yeah. And they actually talked about, uh, I guess the newest movie that Pete Davidson is putting out. Bill Burr is plays. Staten Island. Yeah. He plays a, yeah a pretty big part in the movie and mm -hmm. from hearing them talk about it, they actually have me sold. I kind of want to see it. I've seen the previews for it. Um, I, I don't see a reason not to watch it, even though, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Pete Davidson's stand up necessarily. Right. I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of his in general, just, uh, you know, I don't feel like he has a, a giant body of work for me to be a fan of anyway. Um, I did watch his movie on Hulu. Uh, big time adolescence. It was, was what I expected it to be. wasn't bad. wasn't wasn't great. Um, so yeah, I know I'm gonna watch it. I mean, I like Bill Burr. I'm a Bill Burr fan. I don't know. I mean, it. it I might. You know, I'm gonna watch it because my wife wants to watch it. Gotcha. Um, but it was funny. Like last week, she goes, "Yeah, that. Um, what's the guy? Uh, 
that King of Staten Island movie. What's the guy's name? I go, Pete Davidson. She goes, yeah. Did you know his dad died in 9-11? I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's that's old news, but yes. Because I want to watch that movie. I think that's really interesting. I'm like, we can watch it. That's fine. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching it for her more so than, you know, but again, I'm but not. Now, I'm not that is something too that they may mention on that podcast is apparently that was supposed to be part of the storyline was that they were going to it talk is. about his dad. Apparently they took it out. Bill Burr, Bill, Bill Burr, they said they took it out. Hmm. In the preview, that in the trailer that I saw, he talks about it. He does. So I yeah. want. So maybe there was more to the storyline that they that they cut out or something. I don't I'm know. Sure, I mean, I'm sure they did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's semi autobiographical, I guess. Well, that's the other thing about Pete Davidson too, and I, I I say this and I mean this in the nicest way. I haven't really seen him in anything where he's not playing himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the big time adolescence movie, I just felt like that was Pete Davidson. Right. He played a character, but. I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, um, so again, I, I don't dislike the guy. It's not like, you know, I'm not a fan, but I don't dislike the guy. So I'll watch it. Whatever. Stand up special. I, I mean, I, oh, Mark Marin's was really good. Um, his I last have... one, it just it came out a couple months ago. Okay. So you should, you should check that one out. Um, there's one more, I feel. I feel like that's another that's another one like I mean I know he has a lot bigger catalog than what Pete Davidson does but I feel like he's another one of those that just plays himself in he may be maybe more of an exaggerated version of himself maybe but there's a lot of there's a lot of roles I don't know exactly how he is when he's not on a stage or playing a role but yeah, I mean, a lot of his, a lot of those roles feel like those that either he's really good at playing that, or there's a big part of himself that is in that. Well, let me just say this: if he is like his character in Glow, in real life, I want to go have a few beers with the fucking dude because I love that show and I love his character in that show. There is no way in hell I ever would have thought you would say that you love the show Glow. Oh, it's it's funny as hell. It's a great show. Why? Just because you think I'm sexist too. I didn't say that. And I can't like a show with a bunch of women. It just didn't. It. I just didn't feel like that would be up your alley. I'm. I learned because it's I, about wrestling. I, learned, I learned new things all the time. Well, that's part of it. I don't care about that. So, what was the first thing that made you watch it? Was it Mark Maron? Knowing that Mark Maron was oh. in it. No, there was a new show on called Glow, and I gave it a shot. Okay. And it was hysterical where so you were incredibly insensitive and so you were into it in the very first episode yeah well well mm, it kept me it kept me engaged but i think it took till episode three maybe to where i was like oh i'm in i'm in for sure yeah no it's funny as hell man love that show his character especially yeah and to be honest with you, I don't remember anything beyond stand up or his podcast seeing him in anything. You know, like I don't I, nothing sticks out. You know, he had a small role in the in the Joker or in Joker. Is it the Joker or Joker? I keep getting it screwed up. I think it's just way, I think it's just Joker and I still have not seen that movie. That movie. He has a small role in that. He's not bad. I mean it's he's not a doesn't play a funny guy by any means. I think he's played some one off stuff in in sitcoms. Well, not even sitcoms, but like I'm trying to think. There was I seen him in something not too long ago, but I can't remember what it was. Pulling up his IMDb. 
Yeah, tell me what uh, what shows he's done recently or over the last couple of years. He's been around a long time, man. Did you ever um, did you ever watch Louis C.K.'s show, Louis? I did. Did you like it? I did. Okay. But I am a I am a Louis fan. Oh, he was in that. Uh, did you watch that Spencer Confidential movie? Yes, I did. With he was Mark in that. Wahlberg. Yeah, he was in that small role. Um, I almost forgot that I just seen the preview for that last night. I almost forgot that I watched it. Me too. I don't remember any of it. When I seen the name, I was like, I don't, what is that? And then the preview popped up and I was like, oh, that was the movie with Cowboy. I, yeah, well, that I remember. Yeah. And Post Malone. But other than that, yeah, I don't remember much about it. In fact, I may have fallen asleep. (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah, he was in Roadies. Did you ever watch that? Uh It was on uh, Showtime. Uh -uh. That was a good, it was a decent show. Uh, he had his own TV series, Marin. I don't even remember what network that was on. Do you? No. Sounds like it'd be no. on FX or something. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. No. Sadly, I can say that I have seen that. Wait, hang on. Is that with uh, uh, Adam? Yes. Divine, is that his last name? Divine or Devine, yes. Devine, and, uh, okay. Zach Efron, yes. I'm a, I'm a fan of Adam. I loved Workaholics. Yeah, I mean, I like Workaholics. It's funny. Oh, yeah, he was in Almost Famous. Holy shit. Forgot about that. 2000. Yeah, I mean, again, say nothing really sticks out. I mean, I would definitely say that his show and then Glow are kind of the biggest. What's he been a writer on? Let's find that out. A lot of his own stuff. Yeah. Going back to Dave Chappelle, did you watch, we might've talked about it on the show, but did you watch the uh, thing on Netflix where he got the Mark Mark Twain award? I did. Do you like it? Yeah. I just, I, when, when people do those kinds of things, it just feels, I don't know. Some of them feel weird. Like even I felt weird with Neil Brennan being on there, which I think a lot of people did. How did I know that you were going to, I, for some reason, when you said it, I go, I think he's going to talk about Neil Brennan. Explain to me why. Just because of the background that they've had with each other. I mean, there was a time where they didn't, they didn't talk like they, they weren't there. There was a, a feud between them where Neil Brennan was part of it was because of him, like taking credit for what Chappelle show was and it, it, it stuff that dated back that far. I know I've heard Rogan talk about it, and, uh, and I've heard Neil Brennan on Rogan talk about it before. Um, but yeah, there there was they didn't really talk for quite a while, so it, it, knowing the backstory and stuff felt felt weird to see him on there. And he he was, I don't know if it was nervousness or not, but he was like very stone cold faced the entire time he was on stage and when he was talking, and it just I don't know, it just felt like I'm just here because I need to be. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. I don't know, but that's just the way it felt. I think it might be. Maybe. But I don't know. Maybe. I didn't even know any of the stuff you just said. I thought they okay. were best buds because they created that show together. They used to uh, be. So something happened. I don't I've never heard that though. Has Dave Chappelle actually publicly stated that that's a real thing or is that Neil Brennan trying I to I don't know, but I mean, does Dave Chappelle publicly state talk about stuff like that very often? No, not really. Not unless he puts out a 
It's not like you're going to hear him on a podcast him... talking about anything. Yeah, that's part of what makes him a savage, I guess. I mean, speaking of that, could you imagine how many downloads Dave Chappelle would get if he were to start a podcast? I think it would do okay. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> or if he just went on Rogan. Um, I was. And so many people have asked him about that, like, why haven't you had him on? And That's not Rogan's choice. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's Dave's. I just, he doesn't feel like a dude that would just do that. Even though I can sense that he and Rogan are pretty, pretty close. I mean, I think that's the, the impress. But again, what the fuck do I know? Um, did you, but- did you ever hear that story that Rogan told about? I can't remember where he was at. He was in, he was in some random town doing a show or a random city doing a show. And he went out and he did his full show, his full hour he turns around and he goes back into the green room. And when he gets into the green room, Dave Chappelle's sitting there. He didn't hmm. even know he was going to be there. And then in two seconds, Rogan talked to Dave Chappelle into going out and doing some time. And then Rogan had to turn around and run out back, run back out to the stage and yell at everybody and tell them that Dave Chappelle's here and he's going to come back out. And then everybody came back and sat down. But that's the way Dave Chappelle is. Like he's not. Like he just does literally whatever he wants, and a lot yeah. of that is just flying to to small towns and doing doing clubs and stuff, just whenever yeah. he wants to. Yeah, I heard Rogan talk about how he was doing stand up in a park. Um, I think that's how he start uh, when he was starting out. He would go to parks and get a microphone or a uh, megaphone, and just jump on a park bench and start telling jokes and stuff, and people would just start crowding around him. See, I don't know if that was when he was starting out. Maybe he did, but I thought this was like after kind of like when he turned down all the money from Comedy Central or whatever and uh, went to Africa and stuff. Like after that, I thought that's when he was doing that. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, to be the best, we've already said this so many times, you know, we talked about the Lance Armstrong documentary after The Last Stand coming out, uh, Last Dance coming out. Why do I keep calling it The Last Stand? To be the best at something, you just have to you just gotta be a, a fucking weirdo, man. You have to just march to the beat of your own drum, you know? Yeah. He doesn't he you can tell he just doesn't conform to what everyone considers to be normal or what what their expectations for him are. He doesn't, you know, and I again I think that's I well a lot of a lot of ways I think Joe Rogan's like that too, you know. Yeah. Um, but also that's what kind of like Joe Rogan talks about things kind of in a bubble, right? He's kind of in his own world, you know? Yeah. I said, I said the same thing. <laughs> We've talked about it before. Did you see the guard? There's a Garth Brooks documentary. Yes. On, um... <laughs> so, you know, on Netflix, when you click on, like you don't fully click on it, but you scroll to it and it gives you a little preview. And he's telling that story and that weird whispery thing he likes to do about that time. And like, I was doing that to my wife. She's like, you are creeping me out. I'm like, he's the one with bodies in the trunk. What are you talking about? I'm just God. nobody unless you watch one time. unless you listen to your mom's house, you have no idea what you're talking about. No one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, so let's have, physical have, playing some music. That's I like that. Ugh. We we talked about the stand-up comedians like Burt Kreischer going and doing a drive-in tour, but did we talk about Garth Brooks doing the drive-in show also? And I even asked you, when did this come up? What? What do you mean? 
play drive-ins? Oh, you don't know about this yet? No. This is on June twenty seventh, I believe. Tickets go okay. on sale. Tickets go on sale on the nineteenth. Okay, listen okay. to this. Tickets go on sale on the nineteenth. I think it's through Ticketmaster or something. Um, the show is June twenty seventh. Pretty sure. It's going to be. He's going to do a concert from somewhere. I don't know from where, but it's going to be shown across drive-ins. Over 300 drive-ins over the U.S. And then, and it's $100 per car to go in. Okay. And I think they estimated, like, trying to think of how many cars they estimated would be at each one. I don't know, but it's going to end up being, like, millions of dollars that he's going to make off of this to do one show. Who's he giving the money to? I don't know. It's going right back to Studio G, huh? I mean, probably. Is, he's probably he tr- for- he, he's trying to make up for some of the money that he lost out on that tour this year. Oh man, poor Garth. <laughs> did he did he lose out on some money? I would assume. If there's anyone that can afford that, it's him. What's his net worth? A guess lot. his net worth. Take a guess. Hmm. Man, this might be low, but I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot for three hundred. Three fifty. Oh man, I was close. How much was Michael Jordan's? I'm about to get really upset right now. Way, I think. How much was Michael Jordan's? It way below that, right? Um, I don't remember. I remember I told you what it was, but I don't remember what it said. I thought it was okay. No. Jordan's is more 2.1 billion. All right. Okay. That's what, that's right. Okay. I was about to get upset. Yeah. But still, even when I told you what Michael's net worth was, you were, you were weirded out by it. You thought that was low. low. It seems low to me. That's so nuts. The Jordan brand is worldwide. It just seems low. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but whatever. So he's charging a hundred dollars a car. You think he's gonna play for like an hour? I guess I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do. Like, if he's gonna actually, if he's using a, you know, a place like the pageant or something like that. To you know, a a a, a place to where he can just have his. I mean, I would I would think he's still gonna go all out. Ah, oh, he's got to do it at Studio G. You think More it's ways to you think it's just gonna be through Studio G? I don't know. Who cares? I'm not gonna watch it. So. What do you think about online streams for concerts right now? Like they're doing, do they're doing one at the pageant here soon. Greek Fire's doing one. They are doing. So they're gonna play to no one there, and they're gonna stream it. Yes. I think I saw something about that. I didn't realize it was gonna be at the pageant, but I mean that's not a terrible idea because of how big the stage is. It's much better than kind of confining yourself into a small space. Um. Are they charging people? I don't know. Hmm. I we I mean we said that at the beginning. More bands should just start streaming, just start playing. Machine Gun Kelly's been doing it the entire fucking time. The entire the entire pandemic, he's been doing that. But he's um, not. But he's not doing like a full on concert. No, nah. he, he's doing just you know things here and there. But that's what I'm saying. Like, what do you think? Every about- day though, there's he's put out something. I mean, he, I think he's taking a pause a little bit because he put out. 
that single. Um, and then the world discovered that he's, uh, he and Megan Fox are, uh, an item now. So are they really? So that's why she, was, that's why she was in the video. I guess so. Wow. He's been, so, he's been had quite, quite a few acting roles here lately too. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, he was in a big time adolescence movie. Oh, he and was. The only other one I've seen. Oh uh, no, I did watch. Oh, I did watch the second SLC punk. Um, oof, rough. Um, you don't know what SLC punk is. I have dude. no idea. You need to watch it uh, for many, many reasons, but it came out late nineties. I want to say, you know who, um, 1998 you know who um matthew lillard is you would know him if you saw him he was in a bunch of movies in the 90s he was in uh scream he was in uh oh god um i know the name you you would know him if you saw him he stars in it but it's it's a it's just a film about the punk rock lifestyle he's a there's a sort of a, a grew up well his dad's a lawyer they moved from new york to utah of all places and he kind of talks about being a punk and it just talks about him sort of partying in utah as a punk and all that it's, it's just really good uh one of my favorite movies anyway, and this is him this is he's the main role in this matthew lillard oh okay okay but there is an slc punk 2 that came out in I didn't even realize it till afterwards. So it came out in 2016 and machine gun Kelly is one of the, he is not the, he's not the lead role, but it is, it's not very good. So they, (laughs) they, they did one 18 years later. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not very good, unfortunately, but I watched it. So that one King of Staten Island and the dirt are really the only movies that I've seen that he has been in. Um, I know he was in that Bird Box movie, but I haven't That's what I was going to say. Um, Beyond that. But yeah, he's been in a ton of shit lately. Since I'm just on everyone's IMDb. Let's see. Oh, wait, no, he was in in that roadie show, which I enjoyed. So I lied. But that's not a movie. God, I'm missing something. There's something else, too, that I know I'm missing. Uh, let's see. He's going to be in a movie called Punk. He's in the King of Staten Island. Hmm. So there you go. That that answers that. Right. The Dirt. Uh, big Time Adolescence. Bird Box. Roadies. There's one more thing I can't think of. No, I guess not. Yeah. Um, excuse me. It's Punk's Dead, SLC Punk 2. I screwed up the title. <laughs> how dare I? Anyway. So I don't know how we I don't even know how we got to Machine Gun Kelly. So I don't remember what we're talking about. Do you have any more uh, information that you can share? About what? About your music endeavors? No. 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 Okay. 
Well, were you hoping for something? <laughs> I didn't know. You acted the other day like you might be able to bring some more uh, to the table, but maybe not much came out of it. I mean, I had a Zoom call yesterday. Hung over a shit with bright and early in the morning. Hung over a shit with um some guys, and we talked about stuff and. They sent me a song, and we'll see what happens. I don't have much. I don't have much to report, man. It's, it's just still, it's in the it, it's it's in the infancy stage. How about that? Okay, we'll answer this then. The song that they sent you was that something they would you'd like to hear your vocals on, or is it just to give you an idea of their sound? Both. Cool. But we'll see. Okay. Like I said. Okay. There, are, there are many. Many moving parts to this, so again, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. So, okay. and I'm really not I'm, <clears throat> I'm really not being coy or dismissive of it. I really don't know what's going to happen with it. <laughs> nothing Nothing was established, or there was there there was no decision made yesterday during this call. So, so yeah. Uh, did you watch uh, Did you watch Be Water yet? Watch what? Be Water, the Bruce Lee Thirty for Thirty. Oh no. I was like, what are you talking like B water? Going, That's not even you going, you're not you're are you going to? You're not a Bruce Lee fan, are you? I, I mean I'm not like hardcore, but I I definitely want to see it. You're interested? Yeah. So our last podcast I had had, I said I was gonna watch it, right? So let me just say this. <clears throat> as as a Bruce Lee fan. They didn't really tell me anything that I didn't already sort of know. Okay. Um, I was really hoping that they would have talked more about some of the things we didn't know about him from his childhood and uh, conspiracies about his death. But honestly, his death was they spent they well what they did was is they spent a bit of time talking about it uh, with his wife talking about it and they showed actually they showed footage, which I've never seen. And maybe I'm just ignorant, but showed footage of when she went to, um, to China to his open casket in China. And it was bizarre. It was bizarre. So seeing that video footage kind of made me like, it was like, Oh God. And then they showed his open casket back in Seattle, which is where they had his, his open casket in the States. Did they, um, they actually show, showed him in the open casket? Yeah, there's Why? video footage of. Why it would made they... my heart sink. I dude, I wanted to cry. I didn't. Why? But I don't know. That was one of the more interesting things about it because I had not seen that before. And again, maybe as maybe I'm not as big a fan as I thought I was. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it was one of the more interesting things. And I hate saying that about seeing a a, a deceased body. But um, well, what as far as his death goes, what's kind of can you tell me what, how he died, and then can you can you give some possible conspiracies on that also that you've heard, or do you not know any? Well, I mean, I'm sure you've heard Joey Diaz talk plenty about Bruce Lee conspiracies, right? Yeah, those are my favorite ones. <laughs> is that you know, um, the Chinese mafia, you know, had him killed and and all this stuff, but. He, uh, how you you don't know how he died? I don't think I do. He had a migraine. He took painkillers, took a nap, didn't wake up. Okay. 
and I'll, and I'll, I'll kind of let you I'll let you watch it if you're going to watch it and you can get to know a little bit more about it. But, you know, they, again, they just they talked about I mean, hearing hearing about the movie stuff and, you know, the movies that I love hearing them getting the perspective from some of the other people uh, that were a part of it, hearing about that. It, it was interesting. And don't get me wrong. I was I was interested in the entire thing, but it was just uh, I don't know, man. I guess I, I, I don't know why I shouldn't have expected it out of ESPN, given how some of the 30 for 30s have gone. But I really just wanted them to kind of go down an avenue that was unexpected and um, or kind of push the boundaries, which I don't I don't really think they did. It was very interesting. I think it was very well done. There are just certain things about it that I didn't like, but maybe I'll wait for you to watch it and I'll tell you why. I'm, um, I'm interested in just a little bit that you said, like the conspiracy that Joey Diaz says about like the Chinese mafia taking him out and stuff. But it seems like if the, if it was something that crazy, there would not have been an open casket. Well, no, I mean, he just, he died unexpectedly, you right. know, and, and it wasn't like he wasn't murdered. He was well, he wasn't shot in the face. He wasn't, chopped to pieces you know what i mean it's just what took it happen he didn't wake up man so and it was it was uh, like enter the dragon came out i want to say a couple of months after he died and then they even talk about it and i didn't know this part of it i don't know if it necessarily so he went to like a lunch with like some big time movie producers and stuff to talk about Enter the Dragon and what the next steps were. And he complained of having the migraine and it's all that. But that's a lot of like that's something that people don't know is they they don't know that he died before that movie, which ended up being his biggest movie. It's, it was a massive hit. They, most people don't a lot. Well, I would say a majority of people don't know that he actually died before that movie came out. They For some reason, they just kind of think that it happened after, you know. Right. He's got his story is interesting. So that's why I said it. you don't necessarily have to be into his movies or um, into his movies or into martial arts to like it. He was just an interesting dude and uh, very philosophical sort of articulate guy. It's just interesting. I, I and I just wanted more out of it because, you know, um, I wouldn't call myself an expert on everything Bruce Lee, but I know I knew quite a bit about him going in already. So uh, that that long gone summer one, I think was released last night the mark mcguire sammy sosa one. Oh, was it really i think so nice yes yeah, so i'm gonna watch that tonight if that's if that's the case again i lived through that it was a fun time so i'm wondering are they going to tell me something that i didn't already know or is it just, we just going to relive i kind of feel this, like it's going to be a relive i think we're just going to relive this i mean it did they kind of say that that was the season that baseball was revived and without that home run you know baseball was tanking in the ratings there's people weren't interested anymore and that was sort of like a huge season it wasn't sort of it was a huge season for that led by that home run race you know a lot of things that people forget about is how many people at the beginning of the season all the way through the all-star break were a part of that race ken griffey right. jr was a part of that race Vinny castilla there were all these guys who were crushing the ball too and then mark mcguire finally started to run away with it Oh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. You know what's odd, though, is I remember more. And maybe it was just because it was a cooler moment to me, but I remember more when Sammy Sosa hit number 60 than I do Mark McGuire. Oh, really? Yeah, because he got this long standing ovation. It was after McGuire had already done it, but he started crying in the dugout. And I just remember, I don't know, I just remember it being more of an emotional moment. And I felt like Mark McGuire was just kind of 
And isn't that, isn't that kind of crazy? The like baseball compared to any other sport when it comes to that, like you have a Mark McGuire and a Sammy Sosa back and forth. Where are you going to see that in any other sport? You know what I mean? Like two completely different guys. Yeah. Completely different guys. Yeah. But, but even like rate, like in a race with each other to do the same thing. Like you're not going to see that in basketball of like, who's going to score a hundred points in a game or, or, you know, the most hundred points in a game or whatever. Um, you know, even like, I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't, I can't think of another sport where you would see anything like that. Well, a race to, well, keep in mind too, it's a race to break a record. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So that, that, that always makes it more dramatic and adds the theater to it. Yeah. I mean, no, I can't think of it. Well, I mean, well, look, if you were watching a basketball game because no one's had a hundred, you know, Wilt's been the only one, right. You know, but if you were watching a game, you know, LeBron James and James Harden, they're going back and forth. They both have the chance of hitting 100. Everyone's calling their friends. Everyone's tweeting. Everyone's going, hey, turn it on, whatever. Right. LeBron and James Harden could score 100. You know what I mean? Like, right. Now, obviously, that's the odds of that happening just are astronomically low. Um, but still, yeah. I mean, with yeah, there's not another. I mean, I can't think of anything else. It's baseball where you have those those sort of those moments where people get close to, I mean, someone hitting 400, you know, I remember Tony Gwynn was really close that one year. Everyone was watching that, you know, Cal Ripken had his consecutive game streak, you know, when a, when a pitcher strikes out 20, that's all. And Kerry Wood struck out 20 in 1998, which made that season a huge deal or helped make that season a huge deal. Um, the no hitter, the perfect game hitting for the cycle, you know, Hitting four home runs in a game doesn't happen often. Yeah, so I mean, I'm trying to think of like what, what what would the comparison be in MMA? Like, I mean, if you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're going after a streak or you're going after a record, I mean, w- w- would that just be most wins, title defenses? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I think it would have to be title title defenses more than anything else. I just think with fighting, it's so different. You yeah. know. Um, yeah, title defenses, which that's going to be, that's going to be, I don't think anyone's going to touch it. Not for a while. You don't think so? No, wait, I don't who, think so. Wait, who leads right now? Demetrius Johnson. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. It was Anderson Silva for a long time, but he, he passed him well before the UFC let him, let him go. I don't know. We could see a man, Nunez do it. No, she. I just saw something. She's thinking about retiring. She told some some MMA outlet. She's like, "What? What else do I have to do?" We t- we you said know? that. We said that. You know what else is there for her to do? There, there's nothing. Have um, second, and third fights with people she's already fought and beat. What's the point? Yeah. There, there's not. Uh, yeah, Demetrius Johnson. He has the record. It's eleven title defenses. And then he lost that terrible decision to Henry Sudo. How funny is it that Henry Sudo is now retired? And I, I just go back to, eh, I mean, he's a double champ, but should he have really been the flyweight champion? No. You know what I mean? I no. Just, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I'm, being, I'm being an armchair quarterback when I say that. You know, he won a decision. That's it. Plain said, I should shut if, the fuck if, up. If, if Cejudo didn't beat him, do you think he would have went to one? 
Yeah, I think it's still going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in all honesty, if if he knows what his worth is, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have stayed in the UFC as long as he did. He never got the promotion that he should have. Yeah, I, I, well, we've talked about that. I mean, it was just super hard to promote him. He didn't have, and look, he didn't have the competition, you know, in the flyweight division. Unfortunately, he didn't have that. He didn't have that fighter to like really push him to the edge and challenge him. You know, he had the first fight with John Dotson where. Dotson hurt him a couple of times. He ran away with the decision, though. But, you know, when he fought, was fighting, the story the storyline was when he was fighting, you know, Dotson the second time. Hey, remember what happened that first time? Right. He, he clipped DJ a few times. Like, this could, this, we could see an upset. And Demetrius Johnson just ran away with that fight. I mean, it wasn't even a... So, but he's, that's, I mean, that's how good he was, you know. Um, Have you followed his career in one at all? I watched highlights of his first two fights, I want to say. Now, yeah. Uh, well, the first fight, apparently he got hurt by who, I don't even remember the guy that he fought. But apparently it was a competitive fight. And I think all of his fights in one have been, you know, semi-competitive. Much more competitive than his fights were in the UFC. Now, remember, he's getting older. He's been doing it a long time, but... Um, Would it have been worth it for him to try to go up a class? In UFC, like go up to one thirty-five. I wanted him to. I wanted him to go up to thirty-five and challenge Dominic Cruz when Dominic Cruz was the champion. Right. When he became champion the second time. Right. Because Dominic Cruz beat him. Yeah. You know, and that was his last loss for however long. You know, he hasn't lost since then. His last loss was to Dominic Cruz. So I wanted him to go up and challenge Dominic Cruz. That to me, that would have been the fight that would have like, if it happened, and he had stayed in the UFC, that would have been the fight that made him. You know, if he goes up. And forget about the second belts. The, you know, no one had won a second. This is before Conor McGregor went, won his second belt. But I was saying, and I wasn't even thinking about being double champion as like that. I just wanted him to avenge his loss. Right. You know, um, never happened, obviously. Never going to happen, but what can you do? Well, I mean, we, we don't have to dive into the fights from Saturday. Uh, I mean, we, if you want to talk about this weekend's fights, we can, or we can wait until next episode. But, uh, I texted you after or during the fights on Saturday, and I know you didn't get it because you were out partying with your diaper buddy, diaper party friends. But it, it's got, and we talked about it a little bit before, but it's gotten like blatant now as far as after a fight. Like right now, they're doing the post fight interviews where they're in different rooms. Like Paul Felder will do it with just a headset on. And he let, he asks a couple of questions to the fighter. The fighter gives their opinions, whatever. And then at the end, the last question is, who do you want next? That's right, right. so weird to me. I don't like it. Why don't, I don't understand. I don't understand your, your, I just don't like it. I like, I feel like you shouldn't have the, if, if you're a fighter, you shouldn't have the, like there's a ranking system and stuff, which I know we talk about that. It sucks, but there's still a ranking system and stuff in place. Like you shouldn't get to choose who you want to fight next. I feel like. I feel like that's. I don't think they're necessarily choosing it. They're just they're creating a buzz. I know, but it's but now that it's after every fight is weird to me. This is the world we live in of MMA right now. You you know, know. Conor McGregor changed everything. And and let's be honest, if Nate Diaz does not call out Conor McGregor after he beats Michael Johnson, we could be singing a completely different tune about all of this, right? Yeah. 
for real. You know, that's one of the most famous callouts. It's probably the best callout of all time because it led to him beating Connor in the first fight, him having the second fight. It's one of the best selling pay-per-views. You know, if he doesn't do that, we never see that first fight. Perhaps we see Connor reschedule an RDA fight, which we'll never we'll never know about that. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 how you it's how you create the buzz. That's how you generate revenue now, man. You gotta call people out. Well, I don't think it's a bad look. I know I know you said they have rankings for a reason, but what if you're a guy like Andre Feely who won over the weekend? And I didn't see, did he call someone out? I think he did, but I don't remember who it was. Was it someone in the top 15? Because a guy like him, he's right there. Yeah. He's right there. He wins one more fight, he could enter the top 15. So if he doesn't call out someone in the top 15, he's not he's not generating that buzz for himself. You know what? It doesn't mean he's going to get it. You know, he's not the matchmaker, but... This is a random thought, but I noticed he tried to wear gauges into the ring or into the octagon the other night. He always has them taped up usually, right? No, he... Well, he left them in, I think, on accident. And then when he got had in... And then when he got in the cage, he had to take them out and then put tape over his ears. It's weird. I'm pretty sure. So I don't, I'm pretty sure that's how it went. So I'm not sure if they're not letting him wear them now. Like, does he normally wear them and then tapes over them or just tape over the hole? I thought he just taped over the hole. Okay. So I think that's what happened. Because if he got hit in the ear with one of those gauges in. Right. Oof. Oof. As someone who's had stupid big gauges in his ears. Yeah. That would not be fun. That would not be fun at all. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if anything, Feely showed me what kind of a jaw he's got. Yeah. Because Jordan, is that how you say his name? Yeah. He knocked him dead. I, th- I thought it was completely over with. I thought it could have been a walk away and and done with, but it wasn't. Like he Once he hit the ground, it was almost like he got revived again and still made his way to get back up and win the fight. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good performance. Yeah, let's wait till the next one to talk about this Saturday's fights. I have a feeling something's going to happen. You do. I'll save my, I'll save my theories for the next episode, but yeah, I have a theory. Well, we've got Curtis blades and who, who is he fighting? Volkov. Volkov. Okay. Yeah. So, but I already saw that blades wants to wait. If he wins, he said, I'm not doing anything else. I'm not fighting anyone else unless it's for a title. He's like, I don't care who it is, but my next fight, if I beat Volkov, it better be a title shot. And I say to that, good luck, buddy, because you're not getting it anytime soon. So he's going to do sit out for a year. He's going to sit out for a year if he does that. Right. Probably more than a year. But we can get, you know, next show. All right. Next show. All right. Well, you got anything else? You want to wrap this one up? There's so much, man. So much. Well, we spent spent, spent half an hour going through (laughs) Jack Black's IMDb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this, I, I just thought it was an interesting story. So Chuba Hubbard, star running back for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I apologize. I don't watch much, much Oklahoma State football. But he basically said he's no longer going to play for Oklahoma State because there was a picture of his coach on a fishing trip wearing an OAN shirt, which is like a right, very right-wing socialist sort of conspiracy driven um radio show so because he saw his coach wearing that shirt he's like nope not playing for that guy which at the end of the day makes total sense given what's going on in the world right now i'm not surprised at all and you know what i I mean okay 
It does, and I'm not disagreeing any, but does it really? Because, like, it's... Does it what? Does it... I mean, is it a possibility that it's just a shirt? Well, what does that mean, it's just a shirt? I mean, just because you're wearing a shirt of something, does that mean that that's where all your morals lie? Does that mean that's where... where That's exactly how... What that show represents is how you feel, and that represents you? I believe OAN is on record saying that Black Lives Matter is a farce. Okay. I'm just saying, coach, I get don't be so tone, don't be so tone deaf. Maybe don't wear that shirt, considering I'm just throwing a number out there. I don't know. I would imagine that seventy five percent of his team is African American. Right. So And as I said, I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I'm just i I'm just curious. I mean Does it mean he agrees with everything that happens on that network? Absolutely not. Do you but have? I mean, probably do you have any terrible decision? You have any shirts in your closet that you wear that don't necessarily represent you? Nope. <laughs> nope. Not a chance. No. 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 Yeah. I mean, it, it, but it it's known for being far, far leaning to the right. Okay. You know, and they've said some incredibly controversial, and all things considered, racist things. They've they've you know so. You know, for like I said, for a guy to wear that shirt, who again coaches a team, I don't. Again, I don't know the number, but I would imagine that. I mean, this is college football, so but seventy-five percent of his team is probably African American. It's just not a good choice. Well, I wonder. Um, I wonder if there will be a domino effect there, and more people will quit. So it's trending on Twitter, and I already saw a couple of the other players on the team said, "I support you," and I'm making the same decision. So, wow. I don't know. That's a pretty big. I mean, this isn't like some D three school in in you know, the middle of nowhere. I mean, this is Oklahoma state, right. you know? Um, so big deal, man. Just what are you, what are you doing coach? I, I, I you just think I, again, you just think given the social political landscape we find ourselves in currently, but is it, he would just think twice, but is this a current picture? Yeah. It was a fishing trip over the weekend. Okay. So that makes a little more sense to me because yeah, no this isn't from 15 years ago right, right yeah that's how, when you put it there i was thinking okay well this is another instance of we're digging back into history of people right no and, and you and i have both complained about that like what are we going to do cancel everyone for pre- previous mistakes they've made right i get it and no one's canceling the guy he's not going to lose his job because he wore that shirt but he might have i mean this and well let me just say this this guy's a star player he was a all-american he led the big 12 in rushing like this isn't like a third stringer saying this, this is right. their guy. Right. So who knows? And I actually saw something too. Um, it was a video. It was like a parade of, of cars with the Confederate flag going through where Clemson university is. And there was just a guy that tweeted out like, Hey, all of you African-American, African-American players, please stop giving schools like this, your talents. I'm like, well, that's got a point. I mean, I'm not going to debate it because I don't know all the specifics around this. I don't even know what that parade was. But when you think about it, where do a lot of these guys go? They go to Alabama. They go to Clemson. They go to LSU, Ole Miss, all those. You know what I mean? So it's states where the Confederate flag is is uh, raised with pride. You know what I mean? Well, um, you know you know they've taken that out of NASCAR now, right? Have you heard that that, yeah. that huge news? Did we not talk about that? I don't think so. Did we? Oh, I thought we did for some reason. Maybe we Who did. Is it? So yeah, one of the, one of the drivers said, "I I quit." Yeah, and it's like, see ya, weirdo. <laughs> well, some one of the one of the underground rappers that I follow on Twitter posted a a, a video 
of Yellow Wolf. And I was like, hey, now that we've banned the Confederate flag in NASCAR, isn't it about time to do it in rap music as well? Because, you know, Yellow Wolf rocks the Confederate flag on his jackets and stuff. And But he's, he's explained it, and I'm sort of like, eh, I don't know, bro. Like he's been on, um, it wasn't the Breakfast Club. It was uh, the, 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 the Hot 97 with Ebro. I think that's it. Ebro and Rosenberg or whatever. Talking up, they asked him, you know, blatantly, like, what do you, where do you get off rocking the Confederate flag? Isn't it time to stop doing that? And he gave his, I don't remember his, I, I couldn't even paraphrase it at this point, but it was, he's from Alabama Pride. You know, this is how we grew up, you know, whatever. I think it's time to get rid of it everywhere. That's just me. What do I know? Yeah. No, I, so I thought that was an interesting story about the, the kid basically saying, I'm, I'm, as long as this guy's my coach, I'm sitting out, you know, you know. That's crazy. I mean, I, I guess he has the right to do that. I mean, as far as. I don't know what happens to his scholarship. I, right. I, I don't know. I guess we'll see more. I haven't really seen any of the sort of any of the news of saying, all right, so what happens if if he does, in fact, sit out the full season? Does he lose his scholarship? I wonder, I wonder uh, if this is going to be uh, a situation where. He says he's going to sit out, but he knows he's a big, you know, a big draw for the team. And coach, and coach comes out, makes a statement, apologizes, and then everything goes back to normal. Yeah, but but the but the, and I'm not saying that the player's doing anything wrong. He may actually want that to happen because it's a matter of this is a big thing. You know, this is a big story in the media, and it's just another thing where we're pushing out. Um, you know, pushing this kind of a story out so people hear it and they know. Yeah. So I guess reading this now, the coach came out in April actually supporting the the news station. It's One American News. It's so refreshing. They just report the news. There's no commentary. There's no opinions on this. There's no left. There's no right. They just reported the news. And I've been watching them the last week because they're giving us the news and giving us more information. So... I don't know. Hmm. Not the best idea. Basically, the kid tweeted. So he tweeted, uh, uh, I caught calling someone a kid who's like six <laughs> times my size. I will not stand for this. This is completely insensitive to everything going on in society, and it's unacceptable. I will not be doing anything with Oklahoma State until things change. So by anything, they just started uh, reporting for workouts and stuff. So he's like, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'll be viewing it. I can, I, I'm curious to see what happens. So I don't know. I just, thought it was an interesting Even, well, story. Well, I mean, again. you know, he's not he says he's not going to do anything until things change. That's a uh, I mean, how long are things going to change and if they do, what are they going to do? Just get rid of a coach because he was wearing a shirt that you know what I mean? Like I, I understand I understand where he's coming from, but it's also that you know, are, are they going to do something that drastic because there was a picture of him wearing a shirt that and the people on that radio station from that shirt have views and morals that don't line up with the rest of his team. I don't think he's going to lose his job because of it. No, who knows? We'll see. Let's see what the rest of the team does. Yeah. You know, we don't know what's going to happen to this kid either. Does he lose his scholarship? What, how do the rest, how does the rest of the coaching staff feel about it? How does the university feel about it? Because again, this reflects poorly on everyone in this situation. um, Other than Hubbard, the running back. I don't think this reflects poorly on him at all. I think he has every right to be um, judgmental about his coach, you know, a guy he trusts, 
with his life, essentially, you know, you know, we talk about college football and playing football. You're, you know, a guy he trusts um, to sort of mold his future, help mold his future is, is representing something that he can't stand behind. So I get it. I don't blame him at all. I think it reflects poorly on, you know, uh, the co- Gundy, the coach, and the university and the rest of the coaching staff. So we'll see what happens. But So you're, you're, you're saying the coach himself wearing that shirt is reflecting poorly on the rest of the school. It wasn't a good idea, man. <laughs> it's just not a good idea. I know it's Oklahoma, not the most liberal state. For, you know, not the most um, liberal thinking state. But yeah, I mean, come on. Not a good idea, dude. But most people don't know what it is, you know. Right. Or not most people, but people don't know what it is. So I'm sure part of his mindset was, like, came out in April. I mean, apparently what he said in April made – it got some pushback as well, created some controversy. So he's just an asshole, and he's just tone deaf, <laughs> and he's he's unapologetic about it. I mean, I don't know. But We'll see. I'm sh- Like I said, I'm sure he'll have to come out and make some kind of a statement about it. And if, oh, he's, and, if he's unapolo- oh, yeah. and if he's unapologetic about it, then he's probably going to quit on his own. I don't think so. I you, don't think so. You don't think you don't think so, but there's a team of, as you say, 75% African-American players. But do they all feel the same way? Are they all willing to risk their scholarships? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I guess the, we're talking about their futures. Right. A lot of them, you know? The guy makes $5 million a year to be the coach at Oklahoma State. So I don't think he... Um, Is that a lot or not for a college coach? It's not bad. I mean, people, there they are guys who make more. But What does what is, what is, uh, Harbaugh make as a college coach now, I wonder? He, I think he makes more than that. Let's look it up. I would imagine if he came from being in the NFL... Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, $9.3 million. Nick Damn. Saban, Alabama, $8.8 million. Jim Harbaugh, $7.5. Jimbo Fisher makes seven and a half. Let's go on down the list here. Let's see where Mike Gundy sits on the uh, in the top 20-something here. Kirby Smart, Georgia, $6.8 million. Gus Malzahn, Auburn, 6.8. Tom Herman, Texas, 6.7. Jeff Brom at Purdue makes 6.6. Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, 6.3. So Gundy's 13th in the top 20. That seems crazy. So the 25th person on the list is Paul Christ at Wisconsin. He makes 4.1 million. Good money to be a college football coach, man. Yes, it I would is. not be complaining, and I would not be wearing a shirt. On a I wouldn't be doing anything to jeopardize that money. That's all I'm saying, dude. Every shirt I had would have a rainbow on it. I put a smile on my face every day. But uh, I don't know. I'm starving. All right, me too, man. What are you gonna eat? I don't know yet. My wife just walked in the door, so we're going to find out what she's going to make. You were shoving pepperoni in your face when we started this. I was, because I hadn't eaten since lunch. And yeah, I, I, needed, I needed something today. fast before we started recording, so. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So what are you eating? Mm, I don't know. You don't know either? No, nope, sure don't. Hmm. I'm glad we aren't together because we would be having an issue trying to figure out what to eat. We'd, we'd starve. <laughs> Couldn't figure it out. <laughs> All right, ready to get out of here? Yep. All right, we're out.